you know, one of the things I've been noticing or reflecting on a little bit uh, as I've um, been preparing for this sermon this week is that there's, there's a lot of fear happening out there in the world right now. A lot of the context of our, our lives at the moment is sort of set against this, this background of fear um, and it seems like with each day that the COVID cases rise, uh, each day that a, another local government area goes into lockdown, uh, there seems to be this slow rise of collective fear. It sort of feels a bit like a tide. And, and I don't know if you notice that or sense that, but that's just the sense I've been getting uh, as the weeks progress with our, our latest outbreak. Uh, two different people this week recommended to me the same uh, uh, video on, um, it really spoke to them and it was preaching on fear, fear to do with COVID and, and freedoms and vaccines. And I always take notice when two different people recommend the same thing to me. I've had conversations this, this week, um, you know, possibly with some of you and, and I've heard concerns that you've had really deep-seated concerns about society, uh, about society's influences on our our kids. Um, A friend this week posted on Facebook uh, after one of the the more recent deaths from a a blood clot to do with a vaccine and and this friend posted some fears that she held about vaccines and their safety. I've had other conversations with uh, multiple people who are concerned about their underlying health conditions and, and what effect either vaccines or COVID might, might have, of, have on them because of those underlying health conditions. People um, are worried about suddenly being in lockdown, suddenly uh, not being able to work, suddenly not being able to make ends meet. There's, there's a lot of fear happening for us. If you're the sort of person, if your personality is one that likes to worry, well, you know what, now is your time. You've got plenty of stuff to be fearful about. And um, it's not necessarily, it's not good for us though, is it? And it's left me questioning, what is the solution? What is the solution? Apart from all of us probably needing to take a social media and news app detox, what are we going to do about uh, the, the fear that is out there? How do we deal with it? Do we just tell ourselves to stop being fearful? Is that what we do? Do we just say, stop it, I'm just going to not worry? Do we just stop thinking those fearful thoughts? Is it that easy just to switch them off? I think if you've ever, um, for example, tried not to think about uh, the proverbial pink elephant, you'll know that um, it's impossible to stop thinking about something just by telling yourself not to think about it. The more you tell yourself not to worry, the more worry seems to somehow take hold of you. And so I think the solution is this. Don't worry about the worry. Don't focus on the fear. Don't try and avoid the anxiety. Acknowledge that it's there. Take note of it. And then turn your focus to the greater truth. And this is the greater truth. And this is what I I want us to take hold of this afternoon. God intends blessing. God intends blessing. 
Whatever is happening in in your life today, whatever is happening on the surface of your life today, I want you to know this. There is another truth and another reality at work. God is a God who takes chaos and darkness and he creates beauty and order. Perhaps you don't see it. Maybe you don't feel it. Perhaps you've got to search hard to find it. But God's goodness is at work. It's at work in this world and it's at work in your life. I guarantee it. And even though you and others are going to fail, are going to fall, God's good plans, they will prevail. Whatever is happening around you right now that, that seems like it's there to bring you harm or bring us harm as a society, we need to know that God's intentions are good. You know, when fear is knocking at the door of your life, I want you to know that God's blessing is already seated in your lounge room. Do you agree? Amen. And we need to know this now more than ever. You know, when things are chaotic and difficult and uncontrollable, when you feel helpless or down or lonely or left out, God intends blessing. As we've studied this book of Genesis together, uh, we've seen a, a lot in it that is strange and difficult and crazy and at times confusing. But I want, um, I want to leave you knowing that this book of Genesis is about God's blessing of humanity. It's about his plan for us to thrive and do well. This is God's heart. This is his plan. This is his purpose for creation. And so today I want to sort of um, briefly pick up where we left off last Sunday. But at the same time, I also want to wrap up the series with a bit of an overview. So it's a finish off of last week and and an overview wrap up. And, And I really want you to see that this book is about blessing. And so when someone says to you, oh, the book of Genesis, I don't want you to think, huh, wonder about those dinosaurs or how old is the earth? I want you to think blessing. I want you to think blessing. This is not a book about um, uh, how old the earth is. This is a book about God's plan to bless humanity. Genesis 50, 20, uh, where we, we sort of left last week, the story of Joseph. And I didn't read this verse to you last week. And I, I want us to read it now because this, I think, is the hero verse of Genesis. This is the climax. This is where everything is headed. Everything is pointing to this one idea in Genesis. And so it's Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 and 21. Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. So this is Joseph and he's speaking to his brothers. Now, they've done a great deal of harm previously. Joseph has been sold into slavery. He's been falsely accused. He's been imprisoned, hasn't he? Yet he can look at everything that has happened to him, everything that has gone wrong in his life, and he can say, It's okay. I I see that God was at work. I see that God was at work for good, despite your plans to harm me. 
Despite other people's sin, I can still see God's hand in this. You know, God has still had his way in my life. Uh, um, I can still see the good and the saving of lives that has come from, from these traumatic events in my life. You know, Joseph, he really is a person of faith and hope, isn't he? Are you a person of faith and hope? Can you, can you say that about the circumstances of your life? I think it's interesting to compare Joseph to his brothers. His brothers have every reason, every reason to be full of joy and faith because they've seen God provide for them in some pretty difficult situations. They've seen God provide food when there's been a widespread famine. They've, they've been reunited with their brother and he's treated them with love and with kindness. And they certainly didn't deserve all that, did they? They've, um, they've been provided with a rich and abundant life in Egypt. And yet they're fearful. They're afraid still. They're, they're anxious still. They're, they're worried that everything uh, that is good is going to suddenly be taken away. They think that, that somehow just around the corner, even if things are good now, just around the corner, disaster will strike. Do you ever think like that? Is that ever your thoughts? Yeah, you know, things might be going okay now, but just around the corner, disaster, disaster might come. I want to read for us the context of this hero verse. And, and as I read, pay attention to the fear in the brothers' lives. Have a listen. Genesis 50, verse 15 to 20. Realising that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph, saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept. He fell down before him and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to, ha to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. Can you see that? that? That even though Joseph forgives them and even though he treats them with love and with kindness and mercy, even though they're well provided for, they're still afraid. They still think something's going to go wrong. What's the solution? What's the solution to fear in our lives? Remember what I said before, don't worry about the worry. Don't focus on the fear. Don't try and avoid the anxiety. Acknowledge that it's there. Take note of it and then turn your attention to the greater truth. And the greater truth is this. God always, he always intends blessing. As a way of giving us a, a beautiful overview of Genesis, I'm actually going to read to you now some of the verses in Genesis on blessing. And, and these verses lead to this, this hero verse that I've, I've just read. 
I want you to be immersed in these verses. I want them to shape your thinking. I I want them to be imparted into your mindset. I want them to, to change how you view the world and view yourself and what you think. You know, too much of our thinking is fear-based and we probably don't even notice it. Do you know that? I think we're so used to thinking fearful thoughts that that we barely even notice them sometimes. You know, and, and, um, you know, probably if if I was to say if there was any application for today's message, it would be to replace your social media app with your Bible app. It would be to replace your news app with your prayer app. And and I actually feel a bit challenged about doing that myself because we can't be faith-based unless we immerse ourselves in the greater truth. And if we're immersing ourselves in fearful language and in a fearful atmosphere that is out there, we're just going to be fearful, aren't we? We need to immerse ourselves in the truth that God intends blessing and the best way to immerse yourself in this truth is to read it in the word and pray it in your prayer time. And so I want you just to, um, you know, if you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes, but just to, to, to relax your body and I want you to receive, um, receive these verses. This is, this is God's word spoken to you, God's word for you today. So Genesis chapter 1, 22 says, God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply the earth. Genesis 1, 28, and God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Genesis 5, 2, 2-5, I think that should be. Um, Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them humankind when they were created. Genesis 9, 1. God blessed Noah and his sons, and said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth. Genesis 12.2 I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 14.19 And he blessed them and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Genesis seventeen sixteen, I will bless her. Moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Genesis eighteen eighteen. Abram shall become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Genesis twenty-two eighteen, And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. Genesis twenty-five eleven, After the death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac. Genesis 26 Chapter 3, 
Reside in this land as an alien and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands and I will fulfill the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands and all the nations of the earth shall gain blessing for themselves through your offspring. Genesis 26, 12. Isaac sowed seed in that land and in that same year reaped a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. Genesis 26, 24. And that very night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you and make your offspring numerous for my servant Abraham's sake. Genesis 28, 14. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Genesis thirty twenty seven, But Laban said to him, If you allow me to say so, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Genesis thirty thirty, For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. Genesis thirty two twenty nine. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Genesis thirty five nine. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram, and he blessed him. Genesis thirty nine five. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all he had in house and field. Genesis 48.3 And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz and in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me. And Genesis 49.25 By the God of your father who will help you, by the Almighty who will bless you, with the blessings of heaven above, the blessings of the deep that lies beneath, the blessings of the beasts and of the womb. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of blessing going on right there, don't you think? I mean, what do you think this book's about? Blessing. And, and these are just the verses that mention the word blessing. I mean, this doesn't include all of the stories and the passages that talk about God's uh, provision and, and care and all of the stuff that he, he gives and provides for, uh, for his people throughout Genesis. Like, did you realize that there's this much blessing in the first book of the Bible? You know, this is God's heart for his creation. Here's our hero verse once more. Genesis 50. Verse 20, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. God intends good. God intends blessing in order to preserve a numerous people as he's doing today. Genesis highlights our need for God's blessing because in Genesis we also see human sin, don't we? Human failure, human rebellion, judgment, conviction, repentance, forgiveness. And as we've looked at all of these problems in Genesis, we've also looked to God's ultimate solution. And of course, the ultimate solution is Jesus. 
I think Genesis is so relatable because we look around at our world today and we look at the troubles we see and it highlights our need for God's blessing too. Do you need God's blessing upon your life? The ultimate blessing, the ultimate blessing is found in having our relationship with God restored. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, we see that we were in perfect relationship with God. But it's broken. It's broken because of sin. But in Jesus, that relationship is restored. That favour and that blessing that God promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that's promised to us too through Jesus. Church, this, this truth must be our daily source of hope and comfort and joy. This must be the message that we share with others. This must be, you know, our, our shop front. It must be like our, our logo. This must be what the world sees when they, they look at us. This must be what the world hears when they hear from us. Jesus must be at the centre of our life and our message, not, not what we're against, not our, our anger about governments interfering with our life, not our fear about vaccines and vaccine passports, not our boutique theologies about the end times. It must be Jesus. It must be the message of blessing and hope that comes from him alone because our world desperately, desperately needs to hear a message of hope and a message of salvation and a message that there is good there is good for them. There is blessing for them. Now, here's Jesus in the New Testament speaking about his purpose. I'm going to read to you from um, the book of Luke. Um, would, would you make this your message too? Would you make this your purpose in the world too? Have a listen. Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. And you know, this is kind of one of my, what they call life verses. This is one of those verses that, that, that speaks to me in a personal level. That I think, you know what? This is why I'm here. This is my purpose. This is my calling. And, and I want to say to you today, would, this, would you make this your purpose and calling too? Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus, he's filled with the spirit and he's chosen by God to bring good news to you. And that good news is that you can be free of all the things that enslave us as human beings. And I could list many of those things, but I think the big one and the big one we're concentrating on today is fear. Do you ever feel captive by fear, imprisoned by it, blinded by it, oppressed by it? You know, fear, um, fear stops us living. It stops us enjoying things. It stops us achieving things. It stops us working and loving and living. You know, and they're all good things that God has made for you to do. Don't allow your life to be robbed by the enemy. Don't allow your life to be robbed by fear. God has so much more for you. He has good news when, you know, your news app only has bad news. He has power when you feel powerless. 
He has freedom when you feel, you know, trapped or even when you feel literally locked in, locked down. He can restore hope to you when you feel blinded by worry. He can make a way where there is no way that you see. And Jesus does this because of God's favour. The cross, his death and resurrection has made a way for us back into God's presence, back into his provision, back into his favour, back into his blessings. Do you believe that? Is that true? You know, if you want to replace your fear with something, don't replace it with a rant on Facebook about vaccines. Don't replace it with alcohol. Don't replace it with more and more work. Don't replace it with spending money on stuff. Don't replace it with computer games or with food and eating. Replace it with the cross. You know, you can ask God to do that right now for you. Right now, you can ask him to replace your fear with the cross of Jesus. You know, you can pray something like this. Lord, you know, I, I, I need to know your, your favour and your blessing in my life. I confess that it's through Jesus that I receive and enter into your favour and blessing. Lord, Lord, come and replace my fear with your favour. The blessings that we see in Genesis, they're just a taster of the eternal blessings that are on offer through life with Jesus. Romans 8 verse 34 says, It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God and who indeed intercedes for us. Jesus intercedes for you. And here's the thing, if Jesus is interceding for you right now, seriously, you have nothing to fear. Whatever happens today or tomorrow, you have favour with God and that favour is going to see you through this life and through eternity to come. The best, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. You know, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, they didn't see all of God's promises and blessings outworked. They didn't sort of see them happen in the, in the suddenly, in the moment that they were given. They had to wait. They had to learn to live by faith. And I think for some of us, the season of life that you're in right now, he's teaching you to live by faith. He's allowing some of these emotions and anxieties and fears to, to kind of rise up in your life because he wants you to learn how to live by faith, not by sight, but by faith and by trust in him. You know, even though life feels uncontrollable and uncertain and, and really, really unplannable, seriously, like none of us know whether tomorrow we're going to suddenly be in lockdown, do we? Um, even though things feel so uncontrollable now, the best is yet to come. It truly is because God always intends blessing. And even in his discipline of us, even in his correction, even in his judgment, he intends good for his creation through those things. He intends good for you through those things. His good plans will prevail. His will and his ways are stronger. They're stronger than sickness. They're stronger than death. They're stronger than fear. They're stronger than hopelessness. You know, whatever you see or whatever you hear happening in the physical, there is a greater reality at work behind the scenes. And that reality is God 
and his love for you. The best really is yet to come because one day, one day church, we're going to live together with God once more in an Eden-like new creation, enjoying God's perfect and complete blessing and presence. Revelation 21, 3 to 5. This speaks of that future hope that we have, that future new creation. Have a listen. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. This, this is your future. This is your destiny. If you are one of God's people, if you have received Jesus as your king, as the one who saves you from death, he brings you into this new creation. He's your access to heaven, isn't he? He's your stairway into God's presence. He's the source of blessing in this world of fear. Let's pray. Lord God, would you fix, would you fix our heart on you? Would you fix our eyes on you? Would you teach us how to live by faith instead of by fear? Lord, we take um, and we bring before you all of the things in our life right now that feel chaotic or difficult or uncontrollable and unplannable. We bring before you our, our, our sickness, our illness. We bring before you our tiredness. We bring before you our confusion, our shame, all of it, all of the mess. We bring before you and we lay it at the cross of Jesus and we say, Jesus, take our mess, take our mark and replace it with faith. We know that you intend blessing for your creation. And so we just thank you that we are a people who are blessed. We are a people who know the hope to which you have called us. And may we just ah, absolutely delight in that hope and that blessing in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Lord, would that hope and that blessing sustain us through this, uh, this difficult season sustain us by your grace sustain us by your hope and may may that blessing and hope be infectious would we spread that amongst our family amongst our friends would we teach our kids to to know the blessing and hope that is found in God we teach our our work colleagues our neighbors our family to look to you for hope we just thank you for your blessing that rests mightily upon each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.